Well, hey guys, Ben here with Victoria, and for once, I'm the one sitting awkwardly. <laughs> You're welcome. But we won't tell you how. Yeah. Anyway, so how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. You're Yeah, great. Had a good week. Super pregnant. Feeling good, though. You are pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Got some energy back, so just getting ready. Not roid raging. <laughs> Not Roy raging, yeah. Had to go on some steroids to correct a problem, and I was pro I was raging a little bit. It's not a bad way to say it. Like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> so we're not raging anymore, and I'm here joining you in, on Theology for You, so it's a good night. Yeah, that's why she wasn't on the last episode, because she was actually gall <laughs> gallivanting around Berea, Kentucky. Tearing down buildings. Turning down. She turned green. It's crazy. <laughs> so... Ripping trees out of the ground. Just kidding. But if only... U using them as toothpicks. <laughs> if only it really was like that. I was actually just emotional and very upset, but that's okay. Something like that. <laughs> um, so, yes, basics. Looking at the Apostles' Creed. We're back at it. We're going to do uh, something a little bit different. Um, I know in the last episode I said we'd start looking at the next portion of the creed um we're not going to sorry uh, <laughs> um i've been reading a book and we'll link to this in the show notes it's um, a book by j.i packer um who's really good uh british which automatically just makes you really good in victoria's book it's true but um <laughs> He uh, has has written a book, very helpful book, called Affirming the Apostles' Creed. And I really want to kind of look at the, I don't really want to, we're going to look at the introduction in this episode up to that book. Uh, he just asked a lot of really good questions and also answered those questions um, about the creed in general. So this isn't really going to serve so much as, we're not going to do background about how the creed came to be and stuff like that, but just some... Um, uh, basic things so we don't lose the forest for the trees as we're going through the individual details of the creed that there's a bigger picture in mind other than what we're condensing it down to uh, when you look at it as a whole um, so he starts out with the book and he asks a very insightful question and he says can you find the gospel in the apostles creed so he's arguing that the creed, the Apostles' Creed, is a gospel issue. And he goes on to say, I want to display the, the creed as, in effect, a PowerPoint declaration of the basics of the Christian message. In other words, of the gospel itself. So we've talked about how these are things in the creed that we believe as Christians. He's taken this even a step further and saying that, all of this that we see in the creed is actually about the Christian message, which is the gospel. Um, and he goes on to say, and this, I promise we won't just read from the book the whole time, although we could, it'd be pretty good, but we don't have British accents, so it wouldn't sound as cool <laughs> as if he was doing it. Um, he says, many today will react to that last sentence with, um, or let me back up. Um, yeah, the, so the last sentence he's talking about is with the, the message of the gospel itself. He says, many today will react to that last sentence with skepticism. Why? 
because of a habit that established itself in evangelistic circles in the 20th century and became a mindset of among evangelicals generally. In the interest of memorable simplicity, evangelists, tract writers, youth writers, plus others boiled the gospel down to an ABC commonly formulated as follows. The A is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, you included. Two, or B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then C, confess Jesus Christ as the risen Lord and he will in due course welcome you into heaven. He goes on to say, as 20th, 20th century trains and cars came to be streamlined for speed, so the gospel was streamlined for instant comprehension and response. I think that's a hmm. very uh, keen phrase there. As, the, as 20th century trains and cars came to be streamlined for speed, so the gospel was streamlined for instant comprehension and response. The question being explored was, how little do we need to tell people for them to become Christians? Was this a good question to work with? In some circles, maybe so, but in most, definitely not. Mm. Um, I can remember having a conversation with um, a friend uh, about this very, very thing. How much of the gospel or how much of the Christian message that people have to understand uh, to be saved. And I don't think I really had an answer when we were talking about it. Um, but I think Packer makes a really good point that we've almost, we've made the gospel too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and really, like uh, those ABCs, all those are true. There's nothing wrong in them. Um, but I wonder since we've distilled the gospel so to be so minute mm -hmm. or to be so quick um, that we kind of lose some of the immensity of it and that it has far-reaching implications, not just for the moment when we become Christians, but until we die as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. And I know we both in our own church backgrounds definitely kind of grew up in that culture that exposed your um that not exposed but that that taught us you know like that this is how you went and see your friends abc and kind of here's mm -hmm. a quick easy way and it was almost which is hard because I, I say this it's not bad it is not bad to want to do things to make the gospel spread rapidly and um but i think we like you're saying we miss that it's it's a deep the gospel is a deep deep truth reality that permeates all of life and it's um when i say multi-layered i just mean that you're kind of always discovering new ways that it applies to a new situation you're in and we've said this before on the podcast but it has entrance language and maintenance language so that kind of simplistic formula kind of loses all of that other benefit like yes it is the way to salvation but there's so much more to the gospel and sort of just having a like assembly line like okay quick do you believe this great you're a christian mm -hmm. like that kind of get them through really quick and just make sure they assent to these three points yeah. or whatever is kind of a dangerous way to present it so i'm glad that we're talking about you know how the mm -hmm. apostles created maybe helps us avoid yeah. that because i can remember even in high school mm -hmm. i was the um vice president i don't even know why we had these things vice president of our um 
Fellowship of Christian Athletes chapter at our school, although we called it Fellowship of Christian Anybody's because we have a lot of athletes at our school. <laughs> um, and one of the big things that they wanted you to do, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, I just don't think it's the best thing. Um, we would go around sometimes during our meetings and just find random people and ask them, uh, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? Mm. I don't think if you ask anyone that question and then follow it up with, well, where do you want to go, heaven or hell? Yeah. It's very rare right, that someone's going to say, I want to go to hell. Right. Maybe ACDC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get sued. But um, just don't play the song. Um, yeah. It's kind of, it's it's yeah. almost too simplistic, and and it misses like that question. I I also had experiences like that where instructed like in evangelism, like just ask people where do you want to spend eternity, heaven or hell. It's like well, that's kind of a no brainer. Also, it takes away. Um, I mean, God's glory has no part in that. Mm-hmm. Well, and like if, it's yeah. all about you, and it has it. Yeah, it it, it totally detracts from from God in yeah. a way. Well, and if you, if you read um, the book of Romans mm. and the way that Paul starts it out, I think it's such a clear explanation of the gospel. The first uh, 10, 10 or so chapters. Um, mm. But I think what we often miss is that in the gospel, the greatest thing about the gospel is not that I get to go to heaven. Which is great. Um, but the greatest thing about the gospel, and this is what Paul teaches, is that we now have a proper and positive relationship with God. Yeah. Whereas before we had a negative relationship with God. So that's why people like John Piper can write a book titled God is the Gospel. Mm-hmm. Because in the gospel, it's not... Uh, we often look at the benefits of the gospel. I am I am forgiven. I've been given grace. Um Get to go to 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 heaven. But the grand thing about the gospel is that I get God. Right, yeah. A relationship with God. I am uh, therefore, Romans 5, 1, therefore having been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Um, Then Romans 8, 1, which was our sermon at church uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and in romans 8 further on he goes down to say that the spirit of christ the spirit of the one who raised christ jesus from the dead dwells in you well that's none other than the spirit of god that dwells in you i mean that's yeah so but so he's he packer in this introduction is arguing that we've truncated the gospel um almost really don't you think it demeans the gospel in some ways to make it because what happens when we simplify it i was given a track at work today mm-hmm. very nice people um uh but the back of the track really had something like this on it like the abcs of the gospel um but towards the end of it it says um realize um they were talking about praying a prayer, which I applaud them for saying, realize that it's not the words of the prayer that save you. But this is, you might find me rather nitpicky on this, but that's okay. It says, it's your faith in Jesus Christ that save you. 
Well, my faith means nothing. Christ saves me. My faith does not save me. Hmm. My faith is just reaching out to what Christ has supplied and grabbing hold of it. Hmm. And I think when we truncate the gospel like that down to like an ABC type of thing, what we're actually doing is they've added faith in as a work. Hmm. Your faith in Christ saves you. I know they don't, they probably don't mean it that way and they're well intentioned. So I'm not picking on them, but um, Christ saves. Uh, my faith is the instrument through which, by the way, God creates, Ephesians 2, that I am able to reach out and uh, receive that. Mm-hmm. So, are you, are you saying that, like, this kind of ABC, or, or saying something like, oh, just believe these points and your faith will save you? It's almost like putting, it's almost like a to do list. Like, you just need mm-hmm. to check off these boxes. And yeah. again, like, I, I know. Yeah. We're definitely not nitpicking. Yeah. On... Well, I also had a, pro- I had a professor once. Maybe this is a better way to explain it. He said, evangelism is never complete until you bring someone into the discipleship of the church. Hmm. And discipleship ultimately is gospel focused and centered upon Christ. And these little ABC things, while they're, they're, yeah, I don't again, deny that they're. Nasty. I don't yeah. deny that they're yeah. helpful in some ways. I just think they don't go. They don't go far enough. Yeah. In that evangelism must lead into discipleship, and evangelism, if it doesn't lead into into discipleship, I'm not sure you've ever really evangelized mm. in a in a true true way. Like evangelism continues into discipleship, and I think you can make an argument from scripture that they're actually probably the same thing, but these small truncated things kind of stop short of the discipleship. Yeah. And that's, and that's what Packer, pardon me, Packer is saying like that, that thought of like, well, what's the least amount of stuff you need to believe to call yourself as Christians? The Mm -hmm. dangerous. Yeah. And J.I. Packer's life as a whole, I think is a good example of this in that, um, he's in his eighties, late eighties, and um, he's still running, running strong. But it's amazing to hear someone that old talk about the gospel with such freshness hmm. like he does. Hmm. Almost as if it's still new um, to him. Hmm. And anyway, you can go... Uh, maybe we'll link to this book to Packer on the Christian Life by Sam Storms. I actually finished that today, and um, but we'll get back to the the creed. Um, so yes, the, so that we've truncated the gospel to make it this simple, and then Packer goes on to argue that um, this is something we don't do today, but churches would put people through like cate- catechism school, basically. And a catechism is just basically the form of a question and answer type of response. Um, And they would normally be in this school for three years. And after that three years, they would recite the Apostles' Creed, um, which was the substance of their teaching, uh, the gospel. And then they'd be baptized as a profession of their Mm. faith. Um, So he kind of makes that argument. And then he breaks down the creed into seven areas. And we'll look at those seven areas and then... Um, try to my hope is that when we look at each of these areas we'll kind of relate it to the gospel which is what Packer's doing and since we have Packer's book in front of us that should be 
no problem at all. So the, the first area, and we've already talked about this, so that was encouraging to me since I've, I just read this not too long ago, is the Trinity. Um, there's Trinitarian language in the Creed. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in uh, the Holy Ghost. Um, in that when we th think about the Trinity and as it relates to the Gospel, we need the Trinity as God has revealed it in His Word in order for salvation uh, to be true. Um, Packer writes, but it is also true that the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together as a team for the full salvation of sinners pervades the entire New Testament. So the, the creed's just pulling this teaching out of the New Testament and, it, and explaining it. Um, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, three distinct persons, but all God, and there's only one God. And they're all working um, towards salvation. Um, so it, it, the creed has a the shape of the trinity in it and that's i know we don't think of it this way but it's so important for the gospel message that because if, if we can't trust god as he's revealed himself i'm not sure that we can trust him with the message of the gospel does that make sense yes i think so like that if god if god isn't who he says he is in the three persons like the work of the yes. gospel doesn't well, yeah and the, and, the, and the promises of the gospel yeah. are meaningless yeah because um, if we can't trust god with his with telling us accurately who he is then we can't trust accurately the the, the promises that uh, he makes um, either so we won't spend too much time on the trinity i feel like we did a, a fairly good job of that in our first episode on the apostles creed the second is their creation we kind of touched on this uh last time creation is important um because it shows us the creed says that i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth um if god is maker of heaven and earth that means he controls everything uh, he moves everything for his own uh, glory he made us for his own glory that's why the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism says what is the chief end of man and the answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever uh, but the creed starts with creation which is where the Bible starts Genesis 1-1 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth um, God the Father Almighty talks about not only has God created everything but he's a loving father who is caring for his creation uh, we see that uh, we see the Father's love in sending uh, Christ. First, or uh, John three sixteen, very familiar verse. For God so loved the world, or you could even translate that: For God loved the world in this manner that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him might not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life, depending on which version uh, you're reading. So God, He loves His creation. He's sovereign over it. He's moving it um, uh, for his glory and f for our good. Then the third thing he talks about is the incarnation. The incarnation is simply um, Jesus, the Son of God, became a man. Mm. So Jesus uh, 
one person, two natures, um, fully man, fully God. He didn't lose any of his godness um, when he became a man, took the form of a, a baby. Yeah. Um, and the incarnation is important in the gospel because we needed a representative. Um, you see that in Romans 5, the contrast between Adam and Christ. Adam was our representative in the garden so that when Adam sinned, we all sinned. Um, so we're all held liable for Adam's sin and, of course, our, our own sin. And we sin because we have that nature. It's, in, it's inherited. Um, but Jesus came as the, the perfect one, the spotless Lamb of God. Uh, he was, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only someone who's perfect can have our sin laid on him and purchase our forgiveness. Um, that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians five twenty one, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, um, that we might be reconciled uh, to God. Uh, but if Jesus never came, if he never took the form of a man, and not just form as in like you could... Like, Jesus was a real man. He ate, he drank, he slept, he cried, um, he laughed, um, he turned tables over in the temple. So, as one of our college students always like to say, um, don't ask me what Jesus would do because he'd turn over temple tables in the temple. Mm -hmm. So, um, he's got a pretty good point. So, um, but the incarnation is of utmost importance, and it's one of the distinctive teachings of christianity and it's important to the gospel because if jesus didn't come and if jesus isn't who he was then it's just going back to it once again then the gospel message just doesn't hold water mm. yeah so anything you want to add to incarnation no you, i mean you're on a roll and just kind of listening okay that's fine. <laughs> sorry um the, the, the fourth one is uh the holy spirit uh, it says, I believe in the Holy Ghost or uh, Spirit. Uh, you can also translate that. The old old language said ghost. Um, the Holy Spirit is so important because he is the one who first comes and he changes our hearts from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh so that we might receive the message of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the one that God works through to create create faith uh in us he's the one who um as j.i packer puts it here he supernaturalizes believers lives by both transforming their character into christ's likeness and by shaping their circumstances and their reactions to their circumstances for kingdom advance mm, um that's good yeah it's very very good um our pastor just preached on the holy spirit a couple weeks ago kind of answering the question um is it better to have jesus beside you or the spirit within you and if the mic just went crazy sorry the book hit it um he looked at john i believe it was john sixteen seven, and as soon as he read it you can the just the verse is very striking it says nevertheless this is jesus talking to the disciples um nevertheless i tell you the truth so 
if Jesus is who he says he is and he says I am the way the truth and the life when he says I am telling you the truth um, we know that that's uh, legit he says I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you but if I go I will send him uh, to you um, it's really amazing language that Jesus would, would say it is to your advantage um, that I go away so that the helper uh, might uh, come to you um, then Paul in Romans 8 we've talked to reference this already but just that um, this verse just really got me as we meditated on it if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so this this is the Holy Spirit he's the spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead he dwells within me so it makes me ask myself um, why am I not doing Romans eight thirteen? but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body mm. you will live if that's the spirit that lives within me sin doesn't have a shot mm. and when I do sin that's my fault the spirit hasn't failed I have failed uh, so the the Holy Spirit we will talk more about that but the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us constantly as we read the word uh, about the message of the gospel and his his goal and his mission is to glorify Christ and to make much of Christ in our lives uh, the next thing is the church it says I believe in the Holy Ghost the Holy Catholic church um i'm baptist so the word catholic rubs me the wrong way but um <laughs> what he's getting at what the creed is getting at is it's the universal church the church of all time there's a um great j.i packer video that we'll try to share um where he's talking about the church the church is so important to the gospel because the church has been entrusted with the gospel yeah. uh, to proclaim that message um that Jesus uh, Jesus died for the church is a that's a big component as we think about the the message of the gospel, um, but the church Paul calls the church the um, pillar in support of the truth. Uh, the truth is God's word. All of God's word is about the gospel. So the the church's main mission is uh, the message of the gospel, and the um, the church helps us understand um, what the gospel is because. Uh, the gospel, the the church is the vehicle through which God has chosen to grow His kingdom. Next is the forgiveness of sins. Um, Packer made a really good point that this follows the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit who makes us realize our need for forgiveness. Apart from the Spirit working, we're never going to um, understand the gravity of our sin that our sins need to be forgiven, that we stand under God's just and righteous condemnation, that we stand guilty uh, before God. Uh, so very, very helpful. And then the last one is the Christian hope, uh, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Uh, think of 1 Corinthians 15. Um, where, O oh, uh, where, oh, death is thy sting, where, O oh, grave is thy victory. Yeah. Um, if you have read that chapter, you'll remember that Paul says that uh, 
at the beginning of the chapter, he's talking about the gospel, that Jesus died and he rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So when we jump to Romans 6, if we have died with Christ, if we have been crucified with Christ, we will also be raised as Christ was. Um, so just amazing hope. And if you go to a church where the creed is recited, it's probably very easy for this to just become uh, rote and mundane. Uh, just another part of the service. Um, our church currently does not um, recite, recite the creed. Um, I ho hope one day we can get to the point where we do that. But um, these are powerful words. There's a helpful article from Desiring God that um, I'll just post a link to it. It's the Christian's Pledge of Allegiance and how this is our pledge. This is what we believe. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about the gospel. Um, so we'll just end where J.I. Packer did, because you can't do much better than J.I. Packer. <laughs> and he says, can you find the gospel in the creed? And, you can, and can you say that there is nothing in the creed that is not part of the gospel when fully stated? Today on our own turf, we face pagan ignorance about God every bit as deep as that which the early church faced in the Roman Empire. The ABC approach is thus not full enough. The whole story of the Father's Christ-exalting plan of redeeming love from eternity to eternity must be told, or the radical reorientation of life for which the gospel calls will not be understood, and the required total shift from man-centeredness to God-centeredness, and more specifically from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness will not take place. All that the creed covers needs to be grasped and taught as an integral part of the message of the saving love of God. Mm. And with the creed we say, Amen. <laughs>